This is Holistic Hysteria. Hi. Hello, hello. How are you, Kelly? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. It's so good to hear your voice. I know. It's been forever. (laughs) It's been a minute. Um, We had to get the swing going of the fall schedule, and uh, it's been a little bit of a doozy. So um, we have missed you guys listening in, and um, hopefully that just gave you a chance to catch up on old episodes. Um, Yep. So know that we missed being here, and um excited to bring you a fall season of awesome episodes. Um, we are still not in the studio together, but that shouldn't be too much longer, I really do hope. Um, our uh, producer is super busy right now with his other job, so how dare he? <clears throat> um, but you know. We I know. I mean, we were paying him so well. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all good. Um we're, we're loving that we at least have the remote option through Anchor. So we really appreciate that. Um, so is, is there anything new with you, Kelly, as far as we're like mid-September already? I mean, wow, still technically uh, coming out of the fog of the pandemic. Not that it's over. It's just more out and about. School started back and uh, just practicing wearing masks a lot in public still, so. That's about it. I don't, the only the only thing new that I've done is I watched the new documentary, the I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Uh, I think it's on HBO, and I've not slept in about a week. <laughs> oh no! So <laughs> I'm a little tired. Wait, I love scary but, stuff. Is it scary or freaky? Um, terrifying would be the the correct because this really happened. Oh, but it does it does have a good a good ending. Um, it, it's it's really good. It's a really good documentary. So, I highly recommend it. What's the name again? I'll be gone in the dark. I'll be gone in the dark. All right. Um, I will watch it. <laughs> it is a it is a roller coaster ride of emotions, but uh, very good. Very good documentary. Awesome. Yeah. Ooh. It's always, um, I mean, I know they get to sensationalize a little bit of stuff in documentaries, obviously to make it like a good show or a good movie or a good series. But, um, you know, knowing that it happened, there's always this element of, you know, my gosh, it could have been me, you know, and it makes it more real and more scary. Um, very, very terrifying. Um, and, from what I know about this case and the topic, I don't think they sensationalize anything. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's quite consuming, but it's really really good. Well, there you go, everybody. Here's something scary for you to watch uh, <laughs> around. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, yeah, I'm saying this through closed eyes because I only sleep in the daytime now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, and I'm still working on my sleep as one of my pillars of health. I can report that I've done a little bit better since I do consistently wake up at five o'clock at least three times a week. Um, so I don't know if I should mess up my sleep, but, um, I love being scared. Halloween, you know, next month is October. The fall is my favorite season. I love Halloween so much and um, the kids are super excited this year so I think it'll probably be the most that all three of them have really been into it but uh, and they have some good like kid versions of scary stuff that they are really excited about watching yeah yeah Halloween is 
is my favorite holiday. My husband thinks there's something fundamentally wrong with me because <laughs> Christmas is not my favorite holiday. I mean, I love Christmas, but I'm I I love Halloween. Christmas, I think, equals tired. Yes, to I was me. about to say I'm for parents, so tired. It's yeah. exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. So at Halloween, I'm having just as much fun as the kids. But I think uh, for a future episode, we need to we need to list some of those fun movies, you know, the really scary and then the more kid friendly ones. Cause I have a ton of those Yeah, and they're so much fun. That's a great idea. Um, yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day cause I had some friends asking like what everybody's favorites were. And I was, you know, looking on, um, you know, either Netflix or, you know, we have the Amazon prime video and all that. And so the kids have all these options. I'm like, man, this is awesome. Cause I grew up reading like goosebumps books and stuff like that. And the RL Stein mm-hmm. fear street stuff. And, um, and I loved RL Stein. So anyway, Oh, it's great. Yes. yes. It's so good. So yeah, we'll definitely, um, be chatting about that soon. And then, you know, as we're getting out more and all that stuff, I feel like overall there's been a shift in people, which I know not everybody, like a lot of people in a lot of the other states are only have the virtual learning option for their kids. So mm-hmm. they're met with more frustration while trying to still work and figure out how they're going to keep their kid in front of a computer at least part of the day. Um, and do assignments and all that stuff, like all of my prayers and love and all that to you guys, because I know it's not easy. Um, from what exactly from what I've seen, there's, you know, there's a lot of frustration and all that stuff, but know that, you know, again, it's temporary and it'll all be okay. I hope that, you know, everybody's showing the administration and the teachers some grace. And I really hope the teachers are not, you know, uh, being too hard on the kids or the parents or whatever, because that's just, uh, a hard situation all the way around and with the hard situations and all the feelings come, you know, maybe some stress eating or, you know, emotional eating or whatever that's kind of crept back up when you thought, Hey, maybe we'll turn the corner and um, all of that. But I know, you know, for, for people who have been able to kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy, um, it might be a little easier to kind of, I don't know, just feel like you're back in routine as far as like, you know, um, the way you're eating, your exercise, um, just having more of a, you know, positive, I don't know, kind of routine going for yourself. Um, I don't know if you felt that Kelly, I sure have. Um, um, well, I think getting back to work for me full time, um, there was a lot of catch up to do and a lot of, um, so, yeah, I did get back into a routine, but I also fell back into some old uh, eating habits that I had, you know, sort of gotten away from during the quarantine. So I'm currently working on finding that happy medium. Right. Well, um, and that's a, it's like a new, so yeah. you know, once you change your environment again, you know, it's kind of like, OK, we're going to be quarantined for a while. This is our new, um, you know, normal for right now. And you figure out your flow, you know, you get into a flow mm-hmm. at home and all that. And well, then, you know, if you're going back to work or whatever's changing, your environment's changing, your schedule's changing, your routine's changing. So it's kind of like you have to reestablish what worked for you again. Um, I do. Yeah, most so, definitely. Because my um, my routine had changed so much during quarantine. And uh, now I'm at work during during those times that. I was doing things. And so it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back there. It just, um, I just, it was very easy to go back to my old, 
habits of, you know, quick and easy eating right. versus more, more prep stuff. So, which comes with it, but at least you're armed with the tools, um, to help you get back there. It's just, right, you gotta right. give yourself some grace. Um, at the initial, it's going to be stressful. Like transitions are always a little stressful. Um, it's a little chaotic feeling maybe. And then you can kind of, you know, just really, you know, get in, get into the groove with your work stuff or your school stuff or whatever's happening. And then use those tools, use that knowledge that you've gone through before and kind of reestablish your healthier habits in the new, um, routine. And so hopefully that's even easier for you this time than it was before, you know, quarantine. Yes. Yes. I still have all of my things that you sent me and all of my, um, like stuff on my phone, my e pamphlets and emails and things like that so yeah it's just it's just starting back with the first pillar and and you know going going through it again yeah yeah which is fine for me yeah well and that's you know part of what I did creating that program um, I'm getting ready to launch a a bigger beta so actually do like you know a handful of people um, that are going to go through the eight weeks um, total like it was more like six weeks with you And then, um, I've just added, you know, two weeks in there for, you know, certain kind of prep and certain kind of follow-up and all that. So an extra week on the beginning, an extra week on the end. And, um, I, what I wanted to happen with that is for me to go through it with you and then you be able to go back and go through it yourself. And Mm -hmm. part of the great thing too, is we can always go back and listen to those podcast episodes, um, Mm -hmm. that kind of highlighted, you know, each week and stuff. So, um, that was my intention so that you can, you know, reuse it, you know, as many times as you need to. And there will be some follow-ups, obviously I've a little bit slacked on that. Um, but there will be more follow-ups just to kind of, you know, that kind of more relate to the times because obviously, you know, it's not just a regular, here you go. Like, you know, there's, I have some (laughs) extra tips and stuff that have to do with, you know, maybe there's restrictions on, you know, where you can go or, you know, having a huge transition back to where, you know, where you were before and all that kind of stuff. So, um, hopefully that will be helpful. Um, but what we really wanted to kind of dive into today is not falling into the trap of, oh my gosh, I need to, you know, get this quarantine weight off or the COVID weight. I've been seeing that kind of flying around on like, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. Um, and thinking that you have to jump into some kind of strict restrictive diet or whatever and get the weight off. Um, and then you can like go back to normal life. Um, I'm not saying that I'm a com- like completely against all kind of diets. Obviously there's some benefits to trying certain things, um, and phasing and all that stuff, but I want people to be really cautious of tying their self-worth to the fact that they may have gained weight during quarantine. Um, my gosh, the, the quarantine weight, I'm still trying to get my second baby weight <laughs> off and he'll be 11 next month. So, uh, well, exactly. You know, well, and I'll get to that in 2030. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, and I know there are plenty, there are some people that I worked with. I mean, I know you lost weight, you know, at, during the initial barefoot and balance program. And, um, and there's other people that I know that have lost weight during the quarantine. And then there's, you know, other people who feel like they've gained 20 pounds or whatever it is. But, you know, just a quick reminder that that's just data. Like, obviously it matters, you know, if you're 
overall unhealthier and that's why you gained weight, but also don't beat yourself up about it. Like show yourself some grace and all that. And what I really want to kind of help people shift into is a more intuitive eating place. Um, especially like, I mean, only because dieting can lead to eating disorders or disordered eating, um, which are different things. And obviously I'm not a, an eating specialist or a therapist, um, but I've had a lot of experience with helping people um, and my, for myself and experimenting with different methods and then getting like into the psychology behind it. And we know that diets are all temporary. Um, they literally are temporary. And so if you want something more permanent, more lasting, um, more positive, more forgiving, all that stuff, um, moving into from like, you know, there's just regular eating where people just, you know, don't care. They, you know, aren't tuned in. They just eat because they, you know, whether they are hungry or it's routine, you know, out of boredom or whatever. Um, and then you have people who kind of are on the dieting bandwagon. And we've kind of covered some of the crazy diets that are out there um, before in another episode. I mean, there's some really crazy fad diets. But then you have ones that like don't sound so extreme, but can also still I don't know, kind of almost make you feel like you have to do that or you're a failure. Um, there's a lot of mindset work that needs to go into, you know, shifting um, the way you're eating. Are you doing it for yourself um, and your health? Are you doing it to look a certain way? Are you doing it because, you know, somebody told you this is the way you're supposed to do it or whatever? Um, you know, tuning into that reason, the reason why you're doing it, your why behind doing it is very important. Um, and then kind of moving people more into like a informed eating area where this is where, um, you know, it really comes in handy to learn what's in your food, like learning how to read labels, learning how not to just rely on the marketing, but to literally read the ingredient lists, um, to start choosing more whole foods and learning about like the nutrients that are in those foods. Now, obviously with that, you could take it to the extreme, you know, just with any, like with anything, you could take it to the extreme or kind of over consumed with it. And that's all you think about. And you, then you kind of get, you don't want to get to the point where you're like terrified of touching food. That's not clean. Um, I, I truly believe that everybody kind of needs to have like this 80, 20% when it comes to that, just because of life, you know, when you're going to go, you know, out to eat or going to go to somebody else's house or whatever the case may be, maybe that's not happening a lot right now. Um, and then maybe you just want to have something that's just, you know, normal, like that's been part of your normal. You don't want to feel, make yourself feel bad for eating it and all that. But I do think that a little, a span of informed eating where you're really learning about the food. And obviously people don't have a ton of time to do that. And you know, whatever, I'm trying to make that easier with the barefoot and balance program and kind of hit the highlights and then show you like, if you want to learn more about it, this is kind of how you want to do it. But again, don't let it consume you kind of thing. And my overall goal is for people to get to the point where they're um, eating intuitively. And basically what that is, an, an intuitive eater is defined as a person who makes food choices without experiencing guilt or an ethical dilemma. It honors their hunger, respects fullness, and really like you're able to enjoy the pleasure of eating. Um, and so obviously it's kind of hard not to feel guilty sometimes, you know, like, I don't know if you're, 
eating ice cream and they're like, man, you're like, this is the third time this week I've eaten ice cream <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, or if you're going through the drive through and you had really hoped to cook at home that night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's really important to remove those negative feelings around food and, um, I don't know, really tuning into the physical while healing the mental, um, is kind of how I see intuitive eating. So you get into a point where you're tuning into your body, you're tuning into feeling physically hungry or the, also the physical feeling of when you eat a food, how does your body feel after that? You know, um, cause instead of giving people like a, you know, a really strict meal plan or, you know, cutting out a whole food group or anything, I really want people to experiment with different foods and, and then you can track how you feel and how your body responds. And then that's the data that you need to choose how you're going to eat next time. And, you know, you can try it over several days, several weeks, whatever. Um, and tuning into how it makes you feel, if it causes you inflammation, you're automatically going to be less likely to eat that in the future versus, if I said, well, don't eat that because that's probably going to cause you inflammation. You, you learn by doing, you learn by experiencing. And so, you know, I think kind of that puts you in the driver's seat, right? Like if you're kind of more in control of your choices and then you get to decide, Hmm, do I really enjoy this? Like, is it worth, sometimes it's worth the taste um, and it's, or it's worth the inflammation because of the taste. And it's something that's a rarity, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But so anyway, does, so I know that's kind of where, you know, as far as the, um, you know, going through the program for you and then just in general, do you feel like you're more of an intuitive eater? Do you have that shame or guilt? I mean, I can't say I'm a hundred percent free of it, but I'm in such a different place as far as like food consuming me. Um, mm. I have no shame or guilt when it comes to food. Perfect. Um, I- <laughs> Now, and of course, we've talked about me, how I'm so far the other way (laughs) that it might be, you know, we might need to find a happy medium. But no, no, uh, there's no shame and guilt. But intuitive eating to me, like when you presented this topic to me and said, this is what I want to talk about. um, I thought, you know, that just sounds like I'm enjoying my meal. It just sounds enjoyable. Yeah. You know, you're your understanding, you know, it, it's not like the people who are like, you know, where was this chicken farmed and where was this, you know, and that's fine too. Right. That's part of intuitive eating. But I, the immediately what I went to was enjoying my meal, having, making a meal an event and making it enjoyable and not something that I do in my car on the way home from work. Like i you know, fell back into. And that's not fun that you're not enjoying your meal when you're driving your car. It's not (laughs) fun. Yeah. No, some people may, but I I'm not. So yeah, I, that makes perfect sense to me. Well, and, and it's really a, a huge part of it is changing the relationship that you have with not just food, but also the experience of eating. Um, Like if you feel like you might have disordered eating where you have anxiety around your food choices or, you know, you feel the need to control all your meals um, in such a way that you can't go out and eat with other people or over to somebody else's house or whatever. Um, You know, if it works for you, that's fine. But if you feel like it's a negative, like, you know, over consuming, it's causing more stress because here's the thing, stress 
causes inflammation, just like certain foods would. And sometimes it's actually even worse because you can filter the foods out. You know what I mean? It's eventually the food that you ate that caused you issues. If you don't eat it again, eventually it will be gone from your body. But if you have the emotional stress tied to food, that's always going to present itself, you know, because we got to eat every day unless you're fasting. Um, So I feel like helping people realize, am I emotionally attached to this idea of how I'm eating or these certain foods or whatever? Or do I see it as I am nourishing my body with these nutrients from this food and it's easy. It's an easy choice for me. I don't think about it all day long, whatever, whatever. Like, you know, you want to be in a good mental place with it. So really it's about um, mindfulness and kind of, you know, eating to honor your body um, and to, you know, just, I don't know, really kind of show yourself some grace and kindness when you're, you're getting to that spot where, you want to eat a certain way, but it's really to honor your body. Um, it's not because, oh, I have, you know, I only have five calories left, you know, if you're counting or whatever, like I, there's nothing I can eat for five calories. I'm just not going to eat, but you're, you're starving, you know, and you could technically have more calories if you really needed it. Um, I just have so many issues with, you know, people really restricting themselves and then also having that negative stress because so you know, like I said, stress causes inflammation. Inflammation is, it's good temporarily. Like acute inflammation is going to happen and it's normal. But when you have chronic um, inflammation is when you kind of, you know, open your immune system up to kind of being in disrepair and, you know, not as strong as it needs to be. Well, then it invites in sickness and it's inflammation is the root cause of disease and of illness. And especially right now where, you know, we're all protecting ourselves as much as possible from getting sick, you know, introducing that stress over something like eating is not worth it because you're stressing your immune system, um, in the long run. So you don't want to, you don't want stress. I mean, stress is already an issue with us, right? Like let's be honest. We all have a little bit of constant underlying anxiety and stress right now. So it's not, I just don't feel like it's important to add to that with, what kind of food you're eating um, is all I'm getting at. I just, it, it grops me a little bit um, when <laughs> I know that it doesn't need to be an extra stressor all the time. Now, if you are really trying to make like a healthier lifestyle change and it's part of your like, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't, I've been eating so much processed foods. Um, you know, I need to eat more whole foods. I need to quit eating through the drive through. Um, I need to be cooking at home more or whatever the case may be by all means, go ahead and make those changes. This is not saying that healthy eating is not important. This is saying that you need to have create a relationship with your eating, with your healthy eating that does not cause you more stress. And that is my goal for myself and for everybody. Um, but yeah, that's a great goal. I feel, you know, eating is an event and I know sometimes you just have to do what's quick. You know what I mean? There's, there's going to be those times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. It is, it is okay to happen. But there is a way to plan, like pre-plan in a way where you make it easier on yourself to make those healthier choices. And if you can't follow through with it because something happened or whatever, um, not stressing yourself out about it is so key. Like I've just, I've worked with people who carry so much guilt or shame around the fact that they had that donut, you know, with everybody or 
you know, ended up in the drive through because, you know, they got held up out of town and were on their way back home and, and got it. You know, there's just having that, those negative emotions around food, that's what leads to disordered eating. And it's just not fun and it's just not healthy. So like when you think about eating healthy, it's, it's that holistic approach. Is it truly healthy for my body? The way that I am, the, my relationship with eating, my relationship with food, um, and so kind of tuning into that, I think will help you determine, you know, if you're doing it in a way that's more positive or if you're doing it in a way that's maybe causing you some stress and kind of has like a negative connotation around it. Um, Cause you know, I know people kid and joke and, you know, it's kind of funny. Like we, I mean, we've had, there's always this underlying dot culture that's been around. I mean, we've seen those crazy dots from like, is it like the sixties or something? And it's called the bold egg diet. And you literally eat at least one boiled egg for every meal, um, except you might can have like meat and vegetables at dinner, but there's like white wine in the morning or like with lunch or something. It's like the funniest, you know, diet ever. And there's not a whole. So you're, so you're basically just drunk and eating boiled eggs. Yes. I mean, like, what are you doing? I don't like, <laughs> have you seen this? It's like a. No, but I'm, I'm. I'm intrigued. (laughs) I found it in like a vintage, um, I want to say it was like a vintage cookbook or something, um, you know, in my mom's pantry that she had um, held on to. Um, But it's, it was like a thing and, you know, and there's all kinds of stuff now that like it's been updated. I mean, you can literally Google boiled egg diet and there's like a 14 day boiled egg diet and all this stuff. And, you know, a lot of times when we're really, really restrictive, that's not sustainable. And so that's what leads to yo-yo dieting, because when you're not being very restrictive, usually you, you know, kind of start eating more and go back to how you were eating and you're going to gain weight again. Um, right. right. I love, I mean, I love bold eggs, but I, I just can't see eating them with a lot of things no. in my dinner. Like I don't, I don't want them with my pizza or my <laughs> soup or my tacos or that. I, I, there's just so many things that, that they don't go with. And all, and then the pairing of white wine and a bold egg. I'm just like, I'm just, wow. It does not sound like an enjoyable <laughs> food experience. Um, no, I mean, no. maybe the wine in different circumstances, but not definitely the wine with the, I mean, egg. and the bold egg for breakfast, right. but then, you know, the white wine later. Or in maybe. tuna salad know. or, you know, I mean, tuna salad. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So yeah. strange. Um, but you know, but the problem is, is I mean, like literally headlines will say the bold egg diet will help you lose 22 pounds in 14 days. And I'm like, Wow. What? Like, so anyway, anything that's super, I mean, that's just insane, but anything that's super restrictive of any one food group, like I know a lot of people who are doing, you know, keto, um, you know, getting your body Mm -hmm. in ketosis, nothing wrong with that. I just, you know, I know from the, you know, the science that it's really important to kind of phase the amount, like the percentage of carbs so that you're not always super, super, super low carb, like your body needs carbs. And I know that we're not athletes in everyday life, but they have shown in scientific studies with the athletes that if they stay on a low carb diet for more than a few weeks at a time, it actually reduces their performance, um, which makes sense yeah. because, you know, you need carbs for energy, right? Well, the argument is mm-hmm. that you start burning fat for energy and yes, you can do that, but you burn through fat stores so quickly. And then you, I mean, 
it's it's a, it's longer it's kind of hard to explain it's longer so like you're not as hungry if you kind of get into fat burning mode and all that jazz which is great it is really great to do um you know every every couple months or whatever and do it for like three weeks to a month mm-hmm. but yeah but if mm. you don't my uh, carbs, my mouth loves carbs. oh yeah so does mine um and but no i i I get what you're saying i I, this makes sense especially if you're going to be um very active and you you don't you need you need that fuel well and they and they equated it to just overall energy for like you know they need obviously kind of short bursts of energy but like endurance so it, it, it really affects endurance and stamina and your overall energy so if you kind of feel like you know, you're not lasting as quickly during a workout or whatever the, you know, the case may be, you go on a hike and you're like, man, I used to be able to do this. And, you know, halfway through, I'm kind of just exhausted. It may be because you need more carbs and, um, also labeling any food group as like bad, um, or good or whatever. I don't, I don't like to use the terms good and bad. I like to use the terms healthy and unhealthy. Um, but for the most part, there's, there's, there's carbs that are, high in carbs and low in carbs, like foods that are high in carbs and low in carbs. So, um, and I don't know, you can, when you research it, and sometimes it does say bad carbs, stay away from bad carbs, but it really just, you know, it's either, they're either simple carbs or they're complex carbs. And you really want those complex carbs. So if you're trying mm-hmm. to eat healthier and you're still trying to eat carbs, um, you know, whether a little bit or a lot, stick with the complex carbs. And that's like, you know, um, fruits and veggies and all that stuff. Those are all complex carbs. Um, you know, the whole grains and things like that, those are complex. Mm-hmm. So really learning that, mm-hmm. like you're going to have to eat a mixture of fats, um, complex carbs and protein. And you don't want to be too protein heavy either, because I know that was like kind of all the qu- craze for a while was like, how much protein can I eat a day? Um, you physically, your body cannot absorb, but a certain percentage of protein anyway. So you're just kind of, you're going to pee it all out. In other words, um, <laughs> <laughs> is, Oh, my son, I bought these, um, you know, the, um, is it the Co- Kodiak? Is that how you say that? The pancakes the or the, yeah. yeah. So they have a muffin mix mm-hmm. and I love the pancakes. So I bought the, I bought the muffin mix and my son was like, mom, <laughs> did you buy high protein muffins? And I said, well, yeah. He said, mom, I can barely eat the pancakes. I cannot eat this much protein and muffins. I just want a muffin. (gasps) So I get this whole speech from this 10 year old who he's like, no more protein, mom. I, I cannot do this anymore. (laughs) That is protein wits in. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I haven't tried them yet, but I do love the, uh, the pancakes. So we'll see. But yeah, you do. You just, I, I've, and researching and learning as we've talked more and I've learned some things from you, you do. You just pee, pee it yep. out. Yep. So, and not to say that, you know, it's not better for you sometimes. I mean, if you're going to have too much of something, I guess, you know, I mean, certain people can't have too much protein because they can't filter it correctly. So it, it can be an issue. But um, for the most part, it's not going to hurt you. It's just you're kind of wasting your money sometimes if it's, Cause all of that stuff is kind of specialty or if you're eating like a whole bunch of meat for your protein, you know, we've talked about how overdoing it on the animal products can sometimes, you know, cause you issues too. So, and really obviously Mm -hmm. tuning into your body and figuring out what works best for you is what you've got to do. Like some people tolerate dairy fine. 
some people mm-hmm. it causes bloating and pain and you know all the way through joint pain and stuff because like overall the the basic thing to know is nutrition you know if it affects your hormones which affect how everything is regulated in your body it affects your skin and it affects pain so whether it's joint pain um you know a lot some people maybe have it in their knees or their elbows or their hands or their feet are kind of like the most common um in your back did i say back lower back i don't know an issue um so you know when you have chronic pain like that it could very well be related to what you're putting into your body um so sometimes it's worth you know like i said i don't say to avoid a whole food group forever and ever amen but if you want to do an elimination um of a certain food or a certain not like necessarily the whole food group it's really more of like certain foods that you kind of track and so we do that you know if we if you do the hair test with me you can literally see which foods or drinks um or environmental issues or environmental items are causing you issues with, you know, intolerances or sensitivities. And you can legit, you know, track one or two or three things you're going to eliminate at a time from each category and then track your symptoms. Like see if maybe your back pain gets better or your headaches go away or whatever. Headaches are a big one. If you get frequent headaches, um, it is likely either something you're drinking or something you're eating or maybe something in your environment, like, you know, that you're breathing or, um, you know, touching or whatever every day. Um, so anyway, it's just, instead of just accepting, you know, pain or whatever as, because I'm getting older, you know, maybe it just means it's time to kind of change up what you're eating and how you're eating and all that. Um, that is, it's very true because I, you know, have a lot of back pain and inflammation and things. And since we did the hair test and I kind of know, you know, what to be careful around and what, what to, you know, I, I have seen some of that. I have felt the change. Yes. Decrease in inflammation, decrease in back pain, things like that. So, um, you know, I used to think forever it's because I'm carrying extra weight that my back is bothering me. It's my extra weight. It's my extra weight. Well, the truth of that was, that was not it because, you know, I have, I did lose some during quarantine. I've then kind of been maintaining since then, but, um, it's not the extra weight because I did not lose a a huge amount of weight. So I still carry extra weight and my belly is one of the places, but my back pain is not, um, as bad as it used to be. It's not as, and I I don't experience, it's not chronic. Um, and the only thing I have to attribute that is, is after doing the hair test and knowing specific things to kind of stay away from. Yeah. And, you know, and you've been consistent with, um, or you were, you know, last time we talked with like yoga and stuff. So like movement is technically part of intuitive eating. It's kind of part of this whole practice where you're not punishing yourself uh, whether that's hard workouts, extreme, too long of workouts, or or, right, or right. severely restricting your food, like they kind of go hand in hand. Because you hear, I mean, if you ask somebody, "What do I need to do to get healthy?" They're going to tell you to eat healthier and exercise, right? Like it's mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, that's mm-hmm. and that's just two of the things. Like that's why we talk about the pillars and a more holistic approach because there's a lot more to it than that. And you really do need to get down to the psychological attachments, the feelings, the, you know, maybe you have some past trauma, like there's a lot of healing that has to go on to get to a good place with all of that. And obviously some people just don't want to even deal with it. So that's why 
the glamorized, you know, do this program and lose 20 pounds in 21 days or whatever, you know, they may talk a little bit about mindset shift and all that stuff. But if you're one of those people where you're like, man, nothing changed for me or it barely changed for me. Um, you know, I don't feel super different or this is still super hard for me or whatever. You might not be dealing with the underlying issues. And sometimes there's a root cause to either rapid weight gain or, um, you know, super low energy where you just don't have the motivation to work out or whatever, that if you address some of that stuff first, then making healthier choices and wanting to exercise and all that stuff comes with that. So that's a lot of times that's what end up ends up happening when I put people on herbal protocols, because those adaptogens, every single one of them are really geared towards balancing that mind and body connection. And there's a disconnect a lot of times when you have stubborn weight loss issues or, um, you know, just overall not as happy or positive, or you have sleep issues or energy issues, or maybe you, your digestive system just totally sucks and you don't, you know, cause really if you're eating healthily, and you're moving, you, you have some consistent movement. You don't have to even call it exercise. Um, you should be regular to where you go to the bathroom every day, um, you know, number two. And then you should be sleeping decently, like be able to fall asleep and stay asleep. Um, and you should have sustained energy throughout the day. Um, like you shouldn't have to take a pre-workout to work out for, for 25 minutes. Um, and I, I don't take one ever, even if I work out 45 minutes, um, so that endurance and that stamina should kind of be able to push you through. So if you feel like you're kind of lacking in any of those areas, um, it, it possibly could go back to your nutrition to blame and that you have that mind body disconnect. Um, so really learning how to kind of tune into your body and kind of sort through, you know, okay, maybe I have some, some underlying issues as a root cause to why such and such is going on with me. And obviously there may be some like genetic predispositions that you're, you know, you're battling that somebody else might not be, but, you know, getting into that whole comparison is a thief of joy and comparing your results to somebody else's is obviously something to stay away from too. Um, which can be dangerous, like for, as far as your mindset goes and everything. But, um, anyway, I kind of got off. I mean, sometimes, well, sometimes you're, your growth or your results is simply accepting who you are. Exactly. I mean, sometimes that is the, you know, I mean, we're not all models. We're not all, you know, going to the photo shoot, um, you know, those kinds of things. It's sometimes it's accepting who you are and that's your true results. I mean, you may, ad- people may adopt your pillars of health and as far as data, you know, weight change inches may not even be a lot compared to, you know, what other people may experience, but their mental mindset and their, the way that they see themselves and accept themselves. And, and then in that same sense, the way they carry themselves may change tremendously. Well, that to me, that's, that is, that's the right. point. That's right. It. Because who, if you lose 20 pounds, but you're so, unhappy with how you feel um and you're still not happy with your body because you think you still need to lose more and you know you you still have this disordered relationship with food and all that stuff like did you really win like was it really a success because you lost those 20 pounds you know Mm -hmm. so yeah that's a great point and i mean and that's like 
you know, really a huge goal for me for, with people is to, you know, obviously you want to continue to grow and learn and apply what you've learned to your lifestyle, to your routine and to your habits. It's all about the habits you're creating. And that involves what you think about yourself, how you talk to yourself, what you, you know, what happens when you look in the mirror, what happens when you're around your kids? Do you, you talk bad about your body, you know, all this stuff. Cause there's so much more to life than obsessing about how many calories did I just eat or weighing mm-hmm. yourself every day and letting it completely ruin your day. If the scale went up a pound. You know, there's Mm -hmm. always going to be that fluctuation. Um, And you can be, you know, kind of dissatisfied because your clothes are feeding tighter and you're like, man, I've got some, you know, inflammation to work through. And, you know, maybe I could lose, you know, some extra pounds on top of that inflammation. I might have fat. I'm not fat. I have fat. Um, And I I might Mm -hmm. can, can lose it. But you don't want that to consume you because when it's like, think about somebody being able to look at you. And I've mentioned this before and they can't see your body. They can't see your bank account. They can't see what kind of car you're driving or your house or whatever. They're looking at just you, like your soul. Are, are you a beautiful soul? And are you able to really connect with your purpose in life and being able to be a light worker and spread that joy and, you know, be a helper to those around you and teach other people to truly love themselves. Like it's really hard for other people to love you if you don't love yourself first. And I first realized that in like my relationship that ended up being my marriage, but it was like, I I had this time where I was single and I was really into, you know, hanging out with my girlfriends and stuff like that. And I really started falling in love with myself for the first time in my early twenties. And, and it just made it, I think that's what made it so easy for me to fall in love with my now husband. And so you see people that, you know, maybe they just can't get into like a happy relationship or whatever. And a lot of times the way they talk about themselves is so negative. So I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of the negative self-talk or just self-talk in general, self-talk, self-love, self-respect, do you trust yourself? Like, I know that sounds weird, but like trusting yourself and trusting your body, I feel like that's the ultimate. I mean, you think about that relationship between, you know, um, trusting how you feel, you know, and what you think in your brain to like then act, you know, your physical actions come after that. So it's that, that all of that is connected. All of that is, you know, it's a, it's a chain link. So Forming those chain links are so important for it to have an overall positive, healthy, loving, you know, kind um, connotation. So if you feel like you need to kind of, I don't know, polish, polish off the negative so it'll be more positive. Um, and then it kind of cascades through. Like if you can create that, that trust and that self-love that you have, then you, you don't, you're not upset. You don't lament or have guilt around your food. Um, and so, and I know there's some people that have, they have a lot of work they've got to do if they get to the point where they literally have an eating disorder. Like I said, I'm not a specialist when it comes to that. Um, but I do know that there's a lot of, um, there's, it's a process. It's just a, a big process to get to the point where you can accept your body and you don't, constantly think about food and that kind of thing. Um, and maybe like if you're somebody that binges and purges and stuff like that, I mean, that's, that goes beyond just, Hey, let's work on our positive mindset. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot more going on there. Um, 
And a lot of times that's traced back to a traumatic event, whether it was like the death of a parent or, you know, an abusive partner or, um, you know, cause people can say some really mean things sometimes. And if you internalize it and, and you might not, it might be down the road and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my goodness, I have an eating disorder or whatever, you know, like, it's not like somebody's like, okay, I'm going to take on an eating disorder so I can lose some weight. Like it, that's not how it happens. You know, it's, it's something that gradually happens over time. And then, so there's a lot of people who I consider recovered, um, you know, eating disorder people who now really cling to the intuitive eating idea. Um, and that the practice, that's what they practice now. And so they're doing more every day to honor their body, honor their health, you know, um, really feel like I have a space in the world, no matter what size I am, like I will take up the space I need to. And, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I follow a lot more of those Mm -hmm. kind of people like on Instagram or whatever. Um, I just feel like it's so much more healthy for me to see than somebody who Mm -hmm. is really strict and, you know, touting, you know, certain weight loss stuff or just extreme in any kind of circumstance when it comes to eating, um, it's really, that's just harder for me to watch. Now that's my own personal journey. And I can say from, you know, almost eight years of experience working with other people with, you know, changing their eating habits and stuff that I'm going to tend to recommend, you know, influence from intuitive eaters versus anything that's extreme because I don't want anybody else to fall into that disordered eating category or gosh, you know, Mm -hmm. forbid getting all the way to the eating disorder. Um, right. So anyway, that's kind of my little soapbox about intuitive eating and, um, just gives you something to think about. And I know that some people may feel that that's chaotic and they need a plan. Um, and I'm sure, you know, those people too, they're like, Mm-mm, I got to have numbers. I got to have a plan. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I've got to have guidelines to follow so that I don't just eat whatever I want. So I know it can be kind of scary, mm-hmm. especially if you're, if you're somebody that's dieted, you know, before or for a while, like maybe your whole adult life, you've always feel like you're trying to diet. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm just going to what tune into my body and just eat whatever I want. Like you may feel kind of out of control, but, and you may, the, the scale even may go up at first, but you have to trust the process. And, um, you know, if you don't feel like you can do it on your own, that's what I'm here for. So it's, it's Mm -hmm. kind of one of those things where if you feel like somebody needs to kind of walk you through it by all means, either me or somebody else that's, you know, versed in intuitive eating, you know, walk through that with somebody, but know that you can get to a point where your body is more balanced and then you can kind of take away that, that feeling of, um, you know, guilt and shame and ethical dilemmas. Like that's just, it's not worth it when it comes to food. Like you need to just, yeah, there's, there's, sometimes you can only do what you can do when it comes to what you eat. As far as like, we live in Alabama, you know, we're not in Costa Rica where we have all the things, um, you know, eating plant-based is definitely a more uh, of a challenge around here. Um, but you don't have to, you know, unless you just really, really want to, then you make the decision, you commit to it, you do what you need to do. Um, but you know, nobody expects you to be a hundred percent perfectly healthy with your food choices. And when you can find that balance of, I'm not giving myself a hard time and I ate mostly healthy to me, that's winning. Um, exactly. And the scale will balance, like you'll find your healthy weight then and let go of that goal weight. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's important to have a goal. It's important to track. 
But if you're so obsessed with that goal weight, you're actually going to cause yourself that underlying stress we talked about. And it's not even, it's like in your subconscious, like you're not even conscious about it, but that number's kind of always there. And you're always, every time you step on the scale you're like, man, I'm not there yet. That is stress. Um, so, you know, we don't, we don't want to stress. We don't want to obsess. We really want to like kind of, you know, make peace with our, with our choices and our body and just be more mindful, you know? Um, so is it, well, that sounds yeah, good. That's, uh, I mean, doesn't that sound nice if we could just tune in it does. and just heal mentally and physically? And I know it's, it's not as easy as I'm making it sound necessarily, but um, it's always, you know, if it's a goal, it's always something you're practicing every day, working towards um, something more like that than, you know, working towards something extreme that's not sustainable. Um, so. Mm-hmm. That's my two cents and a lot of extra change on that one. Um, <laughs> I like you. it. I like it. But, uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much today. And thank you all for tuning in. And if you get a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes. And um, Yeah, you can actually do it while you're yeah. still listening. Just, uh, you know, scroll up and um, give us a review. And if you like, if there's a specific episode that you feel like you've, you know, really resonated with you or, um, that's really helped you in some way, or one that was your favorite one to share with somebody, you know, say the episode title or whatever, um, and let us know. And, um, if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them and we'll just, uh, we'll be back soon. Sounds great. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. This is Holistic. Hysteria. Hysteria.